Hey everybody, welcome to Cars and Health Bars. This is the podcast where we talk about both the automotive industry as well as gaming. Today, we're going to be talking about LSs. Are they overrated? Jordan, what are your thoughts on this? Are LSs overrated? Simply put, no. I do not think LSs are overrated. LSs are 20 years old, man. Like, we're just getting started in this industry, man. I'm going to argue the point that everybody else is going to argue that is on the non-LS side. They're only so readily used because they're so readily available. And I understand it's because they outlast their bodies and they're so versatile in what you can do, the aftermarket support. But you can't tell me that seeing these car YouTubers, like, for example, Wesson Chaplin, Dude, he put a 12-valve Cummins in a Mustang. You can't tell me that that isn't just amazing. Just to hear the sound of just, like, a Cummins and the black smoke coming out of a Mustang of all things, dude. I mean, I would argue that while it is a nice swap, it's really serving no purpose other than to be cool because the 5.0 Coyote Gen 2 or 3 is an amazing platform. I would trade it. Well, I think the 12 valve is cool. I don't think it's practical in any sense. But in any any aspect, I feel like I almost more I give more respect to the non-LS guys because of that lack of aftermarket support. It's like they they know the challenge and they accept it. And I feel like it's just uh, it's it's more unique to see how someone goes about tackling a project where they know they're not going to have that support. They know that they're probably going to have to fabricate motor mounts. They're probably going to have to make cuts where they probably didn't want to originally make a cut, you know? I agree. I think it is a challenge, and I think not many people are even into... I don't think most people realize how much work goes into swapping something that isn't readily available at a junkyard or has a lot of aftermarket support. So that's there's one thing that I will argue against. You know, I I don't I don't like seeing guys who just put different engines in cars just to say, well, for example, you know, I'm gonna guy saying, hey, I'm gonna put an LS in a Mustang because you know uh, I'm gonna make it run right this time. You know, that's that that isn't the right way about going about this. You know, it's it's all about doing it for the build, not for the purpose of, oh, you know, I'm, I'm going to go make somebody mad, or I'm going to put an LS in a Fox body, because that's what literally every drag racer does whenever they get a hold of a Fox body and an LS. They put them together because that's the most, you know, not, I mean, I understand there's a lot of benefits to it because it's, you know, that's, like you said, it's got a lot of aftermarket support in that body. It's a unibody. It's going to fly down the track. But I just like the idea of someone taking on that challenge, tackling that, putting something different, doing something a little out of the ordinary, out of the box. And I feel like that's what gets the views on YouTube. It's like these guys doing the stuff that is out of the ordinary, out of the box. Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, it does what gets the views on YouTube. But at the same time, the reason the Fox body is so often LS swapped like that is because you can find that Fox body at any local junkyard. I mean, they make tons of them for so long. That's very true. I I feel like that pairing is... And it's just a combo that everyone loves. Yeah, it's, like I said, it's so readily available. You you could probably find a Fox body and a LS in the same junkyard, and almost Absolutely. everywhere there is a Fox body, because just LSs are everywhere. You can't... There's there's not... You can't go everyone's to... Everyone's grandma had a Fox body, bro. Yeah, I mean, you Sunday can't... Sunday driver. 
you can't just go to a junkyard and be like, "Hey, man, you got a you got a five o coyote laying around." You know, it's it's a shot in the dark compared to you know, "Hey, man, you got an LS laying around?" Yeah, I got like two hundred five threes laying around because you know they put that thing in everything. Well, luckily the five o is getting easier to find. A lot more trucks are being decommissioned, and kind of like the LSs, you don't see the actual LS as much. You see the truck engines, the iron blocks more. It's kind of the same thing with the Coyote. You don't see the actual Coyote. You see the 5.0 truck engines in the junkyard more, so you may not have the best set of heads out the box or something. Yeah, I feel like that's that's a big confusion is, you know, the. I, I guess it isn't wrong to call a 5.3 truck motor an LS, but whenever, whenever, you, whenever most people think of an LS, they think of a motor that's came out of a Camaro or a Vet or yeah, absolutely. anything CTSB. like that. And they, these people, they claim, oh, you know, I've, I've got an LS. You know, yeah, you do, but you kind of don't. You know, you've got a truck motor. Yeah. Oh, you got an iron block with Gen 3 rods, Gen 3 pistons. Like, it's that's, not all that, man. Like, and I mean, it, sure, like the 5.7 LSs, they're Gen 3 rod piston, but at the same time, they're aluminum block, so at least you get the better cooling beneficence, and it weighs less. And it's not, not that I'm, not that I'm knocking that at all. I mean, there, there's a world of endless capabilities of, you know, an iron block 5.3. They definitely take a lot more abuse. It's, it's a heavier block, but it's just the fact that you're saying, hey, I got an LS swap, da, da, da. Yeah, you do, but, you know, do you really? Yeah, like if you only have a five three pull out with stock heads, that's nothing to brag about. At least there's some two four threes on there with a cam and intake or something. Then it'd be more like a LS out of the box. It wouldn't be truckish, you know. Like, right. And I mean, even if you did get an old iron block, you can take it to a you can take it to a machine shop and you can easily put a awesome heartbeat in that block. For sure. So Jordan, I mean, it's super easy to find Gen Four internals. So on the topic of LS, um, what do you think on the LS versus LT? Other than, of course, you know you got to have money to have an LT. <laughs> <laughs> it depends on what you're doing. Swapping LTs are definitely not mainstream right now, and it's a lot harder to get parts. Yeah, it's I, not hard to find people who tune direct injection. Like some people just aren't in that market. As a guy who tears into these blocks on a daily and sees sees the inner workings, you're not just the guy shelling out money. Say, hey, you know, take my car to a tuning shop. You know, make my car fast. You're the ones actually getting your hands dirty, seeing the issues. What what issues do you see that the LS has that the LT doesn't? What did they perfect between that that generation gap? Well, I definitely wouldn't say they perfected everything, as I'm still seeing sleeve issues on some LTs that are being hot-lapped. But as far as improvements from Gen 4 LS in particular to Gen 5, I'd say the best thing is definitely the forged crank and main caps, because most LSs are not forged main and crank unless you have an LS9 or LS7, whereas every LT Gen 5 engine will have forged mains. And also, every LT will have oil squares for the bottom of the piston to lube the wrist pin and cool the piston. You've really dug deep in these and found the issues. That's super cool. 
the only issues I'm really seeing a lot of out of the Gen 5 LTs are the high pressure fuel pumps ripping from bigger cams, which have increased fuel load on the cam. So say I am a guy that's, you know, hey, I'm going to LS swap, uh, let's say, you know, we'll say a Challenger, for example. What are some things that I would want to beef up to make that usable? Well, if you're wanting to swap it to a Challenger, I'm assuming it's a V6. I hope you're not swapping into a 5.7 car better. But if you're trying to beef up internals, definitely look at rods first. Rods are important. And, you know, usually if you pinch a ring, you're bending a rod. So even if you just were to mess up the cylinder walls, if you had forged rods and they didn't bend, worst case scenario, man, you're out a crank rods a block like it's total carnage if you do have a catastrophic failure right i don't know a, a, a swap that just comes to mind that uh, I, i've seen on the internet is a uh, hellcat swap to dakota and although it still is a mopar engine and a mopar body just the idea of of having that that big motor in a dodge dakota just blows my mind like that I don't know, and I I have personally have a Dodge Dakota, and I would love to have an LS in it. That would just be amazing. But whenever I started seeing these videos pop of this Hellcat swap Dakota, I was like, dang, that's that's just as cool, you know. There's a local on here at Beach Bend that I've seen run tens, and he still streets it. See that that is that is just so cool, and I mean, people go as far as to that guy I watch. He's got the whole interior done just like a Hellcat Challenger, and it's just yeah. it's the coolest thing to see people fully commit yeah. to their build. I really like interior swaps. I feel like that's a highly underrated part of swapping a car, especially like resto mods. Absolutely, and like you know, I'm I'm building a third gen Camaro. I see I see a lot of people putting fifth gen camaro seats inside the third gen it just looks so clean it's like you're taking something old and you're updating it it's no different than taking your house gutting your house and just putting brand new cabinets and brand new furniture it just looks so nice you have that old aesthetic look but on the inside you've got all that new stuff you know maybe even have like you know your touch screen and everything like that it's just so awesome to look old while also being new it's like that's just like the new school now the it's new nice school is being the old, old cars. The old cars that are like still relevant because they've been swapped are really nice to see. Absol- I like to see personally on interior swaps door panels. I feel like that's really hard to do, but if you can do it, then it looks amazing. There's a second gen Camaro I see with an LS3 and Fitching Camaro interior, and this dude has Fitching Camaro dash, door panels, console, uh, hood. The vent, that SS like light model vent, it's pretty much a fit gen turned into a second gen. That is just that's awesome. And there, there's one that drives around local that's a first gen with all all fifth gen parts. It's got fifth gen bumper, and I, I think it's even been at your shop before before you worked there. It's just like it's it's a really clean build, and it looks like it was done professionally. It's just so unreal to see. It's hard to even make that distinction. Actually, I think it's the other way around. It's a fifth gen that yes, is doctored. Yes, I've seen up. that car. We did. We did do one recently. That car is just one. so so unique that they so they were, the Hadaway headlights. Yeah, the first gen that, that they were able to incorporate that that old body style on a new body style car. It's just like that blows my mind that they that they can do that. The Fitch and Trans Am 
conversion is probably the coolest, like, opposite of Resto mod. I don't know what you would even call that. Or you swap to look like an older car instead of an older car look newer. Make a newer car look older. It's kind of like the rustic wraps, kind of. Absolutely. So to wrap everything <laughs> back around to the original point, Jordan, if you had, if you had the money, if money wasn't a thing, what body would you put a LS in? How how would you go about doing your ideal LS swap? If it had to be a swap for me, and this is gonna be kind of weird for most people, but I'm a truck guy at heart, so C10. Absolutely. Obviously, it's not a perfect body, but I just love the way the square body S10 looks. I couldn't agree more. There, there's, of course, referring back to it's a local the car. Best truck. There, there's like a rat rotted out truck that uh, goes to a lot of our local car shows, and it is just the it's the coolest build ever. I don't even know if it's LS. I believe it's actually probably 350 or 383, but. The fact that it could have that powertrain in it of the LS is that that would make it even better if it's not already. Absolutely. And what would be really cool to see is like a torque tube and a rear mounted transmission like a Corvette under one. And for me, of course, I'm I'm an I'm an LS guy through and through. I'm I'm representing the other side that I think I can get behind if if uh it was up to me, money wasn't an option if I had to do a build that is not LS built. I would still stick to my Dodge Dakota, but I probably wouldn't do a Hellcat. That would that'd be a close second to a swap. But I would I, I've talked to Jordan about it before. A twelve valve would be so so cool, or any kind of diesel engine. Just twelve valve comes to mind would be amazing in that truck. It would just be absurd to to see that. You know, it's it's not a mid sized truck and it's not a full size truck. It's kind of in between. It would just be insane to see that truck. You know. And th this this idea was before the Duramax Colorado came along, before that was a thing. You know, this full-size diesel diesel engine inside of, you know, this semi-mid-sized truck, just, it just sounds unbelievable to me. It sounds crazy. It just what sounds I like... I think would be cool is a mini SRT-10. That would, that would be very unique, yeah. It's kind of like Dodge could do that now with the Hellcat kind of in a mini truck. Yeah, they could. And uh, like I said, that, that same guy I know that has the Dodge Dakota Hellcat, he has a newer Ram, like a fourth-gen Ram. He also has the same same Hellcat engine in that truck. And it's like, I don't know why Dodge don't go ahead and do this. They've got the Trackhawk, you know, which is an SUV. They've got the Charger, the, the Challenger. It's cool, but it's off-road is kind of like the intent of it. It's not really a street truck like the SRT-10 was. Right, and they, they need... Dodge needs to make their Ford Lightning. They they need to make a sport truck. They would clean house if they. I mean, they've got. I, I would say the TRX is their addition to that. I, Unless I, you're talking full electric. Right. I understand that, but they they need to have a truck that's designed for the street, not off road. They need to. That would be just so cool. Yeah, the I idea think their customer base would really like that. Of an all wheel drive truck with the Hellcat or even a Demon package, that would be absurd to have that. Which, of course, you know, I don't know if Chevrolet has any sort of sport truck, necessarily. I could be wrong. It's just nothing comes to mind. And, of course, Ford. Ford's pretty much just dominating the sport truck market with uh, with their Ford Lightning. I'd say Chevy has the best sport truck ever made. What's that? The Cyclone. The Cyclone, yeah. But, you know, it's they need to bring that back. That would be, that would be awesome. Absolutely. And we're doing that at work here soon. 
A cyclone? We are doing a Colorado twin turbo build. That is see. That is going to be all wheel drive. You knowing me personally knows that Colorados go deep because that was my first truck. And if I still if I if I hadn't totaled that truck, I would definitely still have it to this day. But man, that I love those Colorados. With a uh, hood scoop venting air into the turbos. So on the topic of mount uh, on you know LS swaps, and how how did it, how how well did it go in that Colorado? Was it very much fab work? You know what went into that? We still haven't actually done it, but our coworker has already swapped his Colorado. Oh wow! And it requires very little fab work. Only thing I would do is change power steering lines, and I would just buy a five three or six Opal out. His is actually an aluminum block LS two. Like I said, L- yeah. LSs are so uh, they're, it's really they're easy to spot, and it's super easy to do it really clean if you know what you're doing. You could probably just go on Google right now and type in you know LS LS Colorado swap, and you probably go right to the motor mounts. You know, probably don't even have to fabricate anything. Absolutely, there's just so much aftermarket support, especially. If you're putting an LS in a GM vehicle, because you know people are doing that all the time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm I'm sure there's only thing you don't see a lot of is like regular like sedans, like mom cars. Kind see of like, that you know, that would be the ultimate sleeper build. But the but issue is, is those cars are front wheel drive. Is like what dominates that market is like K series Honda, two J like. I think my mind would be blown if I pulled up next to a Nissan Altima that was hitting a lick. I don't I don't know what I would do, man. I, it's been done. I'm fairly positive I've seen one before on YouTube somewhere. That is just super cool. I mean, any any engine. And that's in, why like, I don't think LS swaps are overrated. It's it's a very hard point to argue, you know. But when you see a mail van hitting a lick down Beach Bend <laughs> You can't tell me they're not overrated, bro. Like, or that that they are overrated because they aren't. I've never seen a mail truck hit a lick until LS swaps, bro. Let's just say he isn't missing any deliveries. Homie will make you get your package before they even say it's shipped. <laughs> yeah, it's this just and... LS swaps need to be part of the U.S. government and our mail vehicles. And Make it all, sure to go talk to your local politician about this. You run into the issue too that you know it's it's not really the consumers. Uh, it's not really on the consumer that LS swaps are uh, so over. You know, not even overrated, but overdone is because like there's so much aftermarket support. You'd almost be dumb to. I mean, you you're you're basically saying okay. I understand that I'm going to have to fabricate or I'm going to have to have a lot of money to have someone fabricate it for me whenever you're accepting the challenge of not doing an LS build. I'm sure there is support. I'm almost sure there's support for other automakers and other engines, but the versatility and the availability are going to affect you drastically, and you're going to end up paying for it in the long run, whether you do it yourself and or not. We're in a part shortage right now for sure, man. It is very hard to get even LS parts right now. I couldn't imagine trying to get 50 Coyote parts or Dodge parts. And it just, like I said, it doesn't it doesn't necessarily fall on the consumer. It falls on availability and challenge. You know, it's just like a lot of people don't have the money to do these big jobs. You know, I'm sure there's people that do want to do Coyote swaps or Hellcat swaps, but it's like you've got Joe Schmo down here that's got his 5.3 for 200 bucks, or you've got, you know, a 5.0 that's getting pulled out of a wrecked Mustang, you know, you can just assume which one's going to cost more. Joe Schmo's going to have his $200, and you're going to have an old iron block 5.3 swapped in whatever you want to. 
And you can't really argue transmissions on that point unless you get an automatic when it comes to the Mustang because the MT-82 is not like ideal for a swap. If you're wanting more power out of your 5.0, an MT-82 is not going to take it in stock form. You're gonna, I'd rather have a, a Tremec Magnum, for example. That's so all you argue on. that the transmissions are bad from GM. I think you're overlooking Ford's horrible MT-82 design. Yeah, I, I think the the 4L80 60 get, or 4L60 gets so much crap that nobody even they just don't even bat an eye at Ford's transmission because it's like yeah. Let, let's and just, the 4L60 when done right is a good transmission, and the MP82 is too. But which one is going to be cheaper? Obviously, the 4L60. There's just more parts circulating for it right now because they're so common. Absolutely, yeah, and I mean that's. I, I just that's what hurts them is they're they're so readily available you almost be stupid not to to go get that it's i mean like why not go back with the 4l60 even if you do eventually have like two three shift issues or whatever absolutely i could i could definitely i could definitely see that it'd be cheaper to build a 4l60 than to buy a 6l80 probably too so seeing it it's i mean kind of a hard argument to swap a nicer trans into the ls from a gm like truck unless you can find one for cheap at a junkyard who doesn't know what they got right yeah so on that on that note i guess we're going to be the opposite of 4l60e and we're going to change gears into our gaming topic of the day if that sounds good to you absolutely okay so of course we want to hit a hot 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 topic on our first episode and this is something that we can both talk on hours about so let me ask you jordan is battlefield getting better that's a hard question for me and we're not just talking about 2042 we're talking about as a franchise right yes absolutely i don't want to like circle it on just one game right because i mean just just like Battlefield 4 and basically all multi-million dollar or tri- AAA games, we'll say, have rocky starts. It's just like they are pushed, they're pushed, they're pushed, they're pushed to put out a game by a certain timeline. You don't see these AAA games delaying their game, delaying the the release times like all these other small no. little jobs. You know, like they they suffer game quality because of this. And I think the the community needs to take a step back and stop pushing so hard. I think we should push for better content not better delivery times because like games like the last of us they just came out of the blue because they took so much time building the games so what are some of the issues you have we'll go ahead and hit on 2042 first what are some of the issues you've personally had with 2042 frame rate issues um it's very hard for me to get over like it's hard for me to get a consistent 50 fps let alone 40 most of the time the game is poorly optimized on PC. I don't. I can't speak for console, but I have an i7-8700K unlocked. It's not a horrible PCM. It should run 2042 if it can run Modern Warfare 2 or Battlefield 1 on max settings. Like, It's clearly an optimization issue. I've got the latest drivers. It's not a hardware issue on my end. I feel like this game was just rushed out to be for everyone to play it. The trailer was amazing, and the launch was really good, but I actually had better frame rate on the beta of the game than on the full game. 
it's to be noted that uh, Jordan, what I don't think will be wanting to speak on as far as the uh, actual combat and the gameplay goes, because I mean the game was just unplayable for him. It's just like uh, it's. I, I do enjoy content of the game as far as. Oh, the only gameplay issue I have an issue with is that characters are very hard to tell apart from your team and enemy team. But other than that, uh, a few weapon issues, I, I can't complain. Vehicles seem amazing on the game. So, Jordan, what... And mechanics and movement seem amazing as well. You were, uh, you were a big fan of the uh, Realms originally, and I know you obviously haven't played it since, you know, a little bit after launch. What what did you think of them implementing Realms on trying to go back to that old battlefield that, you know, that was so awesome, that brings back all those memories, all that good stuff? I think that was absolutely awesome, and they should continue to try and go into doing that in re-released games, Battlefield 3042 or whatever, but... Uh, it's really nice to see that they're still catering to some veterans with that. I feel like more games need to start doing this because um, you don't see this on games like Call of Duty. Battlefield's really standing out with that. Yeah, it's and from from my perspective, and I I think almost everybody would get on this point with me. Battlefield listens to their community way 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 better than Call of Duty does, and and you see it like. For example, this is uh, this is December twentieth for a time time example. You know, Call of Duty released Rocket League in their game. They don't even have leaderboards yet. But here's Rocket League for you. Skill based matchmaking is, from what I saw, just still atrocious. Like Jordan is a highly skilled player compared to me. I'm you know semi casual. I would say even leaning more towards casual, especially in lobbies with him. It's like we we almost can't play with each other because it'll be so unenjoyable for me. I'll get paired with people who are like extremely highly skilled, and they'll the the players will end up just sitting around and camping or doing strategies that throw him off because he's got a higher higher level of playing. And it's like Battlefield, they have these live streams all the time where they're clearly saying, "Hey, we messed up. Here's where we messed up. Here's where we're gonna fix things." Case in point the launch oh my god no cover everywhere it might as well be d-day storming the shores because if you weren't in cover already if you were working your way up you were going to get obliterated in the battlefield and you weren't going to go anywhere but they listened the maps have changed there's cover where there used to be like they literally put cover in the maps that they were currently already on they didn't add new maps they fixed the old maps they listen and they 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 make changes and call of duty just if they do make changes, it's almost too late because a Call of Duty life cycle is just so fast, and it's like absolutely they don't. Battlefield does definitely do map changes way better than Call of Duty. Call of Duty, the only map changes you'll ever see are glitches. They will not change the map once it's there; it is there. And I think you'd agree too. By the time a Call of Duty map is fixed, the game's already like dead. It's already out of its life cycle. We already absolutely. have a trailer. For... I can think of Black Ops Two, like multiple spawn issues in that game, and they just did not get fixed ever. Before we get too deep into Call of Duty, let's loop back to Battlefield and what yeah. I what I think that uh, I think Battlefield is getting better. Uh, I I've actually reinstalled 2042 for the first time in a couple months. I actually am guilty of uninstalling it, not playing it during that. Uh, I guess uh, more or less them repairing their wounds of the launch of not having cover. You know, a lot of people were very unhappy about the operators. 
but uh, I, I do feel like it plays... It, of course, they're never going to be re, be able to recreate Battlefield 4 or 3, any of that nostalgia. It's just the movement system's different, the engine's different, everything about the game's different. But what they can do is take what went so well about Battlefield 4 and 3 and implement that into a new engine, into new movement, and make it function. You know, there there is a way they can do it, and I think they're they're working their way towards it. And Battlefield, of course, has a longer lifetime than Call of Duty, and I think they'll get to that point. But it's just going to take time. And I think I do think Battlefield 2042 has the potential to have that replay replayability of Battlefield 4, not to the extent of Battlefield 4. Me and Jordan could hop on there right now and and, and binge it for you know days like that. Just Battlefield 4 is is about as good as it gets in the Battlefield uh, genre. But 2042 is getting there. I think that if they keep working on it, keep listening to their fans, they'll eventually have it licked. They'll eventually have a game that we can look back and say, "Hey, that was a good game." They they worked it out. I mean, if if you're uh, if you've been gaming for a while, you can even think back to how atrocious Battlefield 4's launch was. I absolutely. wasn't. I it wasn't was absolutely horrible. I personally wasn't there for it, but Jordan, of course, can and uh, he can attest for that. Absolutely, you would pass a corner and you would get shot by someone who should be literally not able to penetrate you through the wall, but they're still killing you because you're desyncing so bad from your character. Like It's like your character is a few seconds behind you on their screen. Jordan, in your opinion, what are the uh, Battlefield games? They were very overpowered weapons at launch of Battlefield 2. Absolutely. What are what are some of the games that Battlefield, uh, in your opinion, more or less, wants us to just look past and ignore? Because there's, in my opinion, there's a gap between Battlefield Four and Battlefield Twenty Forty Two, and in that gap, is there anything? So, a lot of people will hate on Hardline because that was the bandwagon. But I actually do not hate on Hardline. I think it was a well done game. I think people misunderstood what Hardline was. It wasn't trying to be a it wasn't trying to be a military shooter as much as more of a cops and robbers type feel. And I think people got too seriously caught up in the fact that it was not, it was cops and robbers. It wasn't more than that. And I, I and think as far as Battlefield one, I think you really can't go wrong with Battlefield one. It's such a great game. The campaign was amazing. The storytelling, the music, the maps, everything about that game was great. The launch was fantastic. It's one of the best Battlefield launches of all time, I think. I think a lot of the fans look past those games because they were so hurt that, uh, of of course, Battlefield uh, Hardline had the standards of Battlefield 4 to live up to. And, of course, it's nothing like Battlefield 4, and I think that hurt a lot of fans. They didn't want that change. They didn't want to do something different. They wanted another Battlefield 4. And like most, flan- most fans of the Battlefield franchise, I'm sure yourself was... Possibly looking for a battle for a, a bad company two game or you know bad company three. Absolutely, I love bad company. Bad company two is my favorite of all time. I think that's what's hurting a lot of the fans is they want to see that bad company back, and it's just like they're holding on to that. And I feel like the reason twenty forty two is a maybe maybe getting a little bit more people uh, to say you know maybe it's not that bad is because they might finally be understanding hey we got to give them a chance to not do you know uh, bad bad company 3 they they can do other games we you can try again we can Absolutely. try a different platform I, I think bad company was 2 2 was great um i don't see why they would have to make number 3 especially now i don't think they would do number 3 good cuz it's been too long of a gap 
Yeah. And I think people need to let go as much as as much as we love the past, you know, we must grow as people and accept it and move on. So and it, I also think part of uh, Battlefield 1, you know, I also enjoyed Battlefield 1. It didn't, you know, I played it enough to where, you know, it'd get me to, you know, Call of Duty's launch a couple months later. But it, it would have been nice to have actually taken a pit stop and enjoyed that ride. It, or, you know, it was, it was so good. But the Calvary was a great introduction. That's so much fun just to goof around, not really try to go for the most kills in the world. But I feel like maybe Battlefield 1 was hurt, and this might be my opinion by Call of Duty just they they were the first ones I want to say that jumped into the World War I believe it was World War Two, and they kind of just the fans were mad at Call of Duty because they're like hey and rightfully so we want a modern shooter game we want another Black Ops we want another Modern Warfare why are you giving us this we had this in you know Call of Duty 4 what what is this and I feel like possibly Battlefield 1 got got that same uh, collateral damage because their fans were like what what is this you know we want we want a modern shooter game we don't want to go back in the past we don't want to go too far in the future and get to advanced warfare we want we want to be in a modern shooter game yeah absolutely i can agree with that it's just Most people it's too common now to go with a common like modern shooter like games i love for example like black ops 2 we're set in the future. I, I don't think futuristic games are necessarily bad. I think 2042, it's a near future. I think that's great. I think we should do more of that. I think Battlefield 2042 is dipping in the future enough to not ward off fans. It's just the perfect amount. I feel like Call of Duty, they just they went super extreme way too fast with the advanced movements, the the tech, like... I feel like Battlefield 2042 did it right. They they introduced yeah, like the wingsuit is something that you could totally see a soldier in real life having if he were required to be at somewhere where you had to change elevation drastically. I feel like they just tried to change too much too quickly, and it. I feel like they're they're moving in the right direction. I I, I don't thinking back. I don't know if 2042 will be a staple. I. I do think it will it will last a lot longer than people think, you know, depending on what the next battlefield is. It's it's going to go through its rough spout, you know, we're we're coming we're just a little over a year into its life cycle. We we're seeing we're seeing those growing growing pains and we're working through it and you know, as the only super difficult thing right now is is like Jordan said, you know, he it's not optimized well enough for uh, for a lot of players to play on. I mean, you can even go to the Steam account. It's... I think that's part of the reason why the game has suffered so much is that most of the player base that could have played the last game cannot play the new game. Absolutely, and it's affecting them. If you go to Steam, that's like most of the com- most of the comments are either about you know, of course, the growing pains of the launch, but also it's not optimized, and a lot of people want to play it but can't play it. You know, that's you shouldn't have to have you know a several thousand dollar PC. Just to run, you know, the newest shooter game. You know, we we understand as gamers that we have to we have to you know do our share. You know, we bought a PC. We have to upgrade every now and again. We're not like con- you know console. They just go out and buy buy the new console. You know, PC players. We have to understand when it's time to upgrade our drivers. When it's time to up- upgrade our graphics cards. You know, and they kind of just threw us in the water. You know, like it's I, I've I've seen you pretty much had to buy a new PC. I've seen Jordan stream while he plays it. It is literally unplayable. Like, it's... And, I mean, I even had an older PC whenever it first launched. And 
It or no, I played on my old PC for the beta, and it's, yeah, the beta. it seriously was unplayable. Like I, I wanted to so bad because it, it reminded me a little of Battlefield Four. I'm like, okay, this is what we wanted. They listened, and it's like I, I literally can't play because, granted, I had an extremely old PC, but it wasn't so old that I shouldn't have been able to even like physically move. Like it was like, like Jordan said, it's like the hit registry. <coughs> Everything was just god awful. And you know, I spent absolutely. That's something they still need to work on. I think is like weapon tuning and hit <laughs> registry. I agree, and I I don't know. They they did a lot of things that uh, like the the fast attachment moving. I I know a lot of people like it. Absolutely a lot of people don't like that. That's realistic because a soldier could have multiple sights on him if he knew. That's right, and that he'd be fighting at multiple distances. It makes it makes the game more. Uh, it makes it move a lot better because, say, I spawned in with the wrong attachments on Battlefield 4. Well, what am I going to do? I have the choice of suffering through and probably not performing well. And, and you know, in the super high skill-based lobbies where you're trying really hard, if you spawn in with the wrong gun and you still try to play that, you might throw off everything. You're going to throw off where you're aiming. You're going to throw off everything to compensate for that. You spawn in with your new gun, and, you know, you're you're all off because you're trying to compensate for that one. Or you have choice... Like spawning in locker with a DMR, you're not going to perform as good as someone with, like, an AEK or SCAR-H. Absolutely. So you have the choice of running out and committing suicide or struggling and trying to make something work that you didn't mean to spawn in with. Granted, that is the user's mistake, but it's nice to be able to change on the fly. You know, you're, you're in a building getting kills, whatever. You take the objective... What's next? I've got to go to the next objective, unless you're holding it down. What are you going to do whenever you're out in the field? Open fire, you know, you're trying to go into a building where the enemy has the objective. What are you going to do? You know, you've got a reflex sight, a laser, you've got all these attachments geared for clearing buildings. What are you going to do? Like I said, it's like D-Day. You're going to get shot in the field and die. If you had the option to change your, you know, put a scope on, change your barrel, change your, like, everything to a long-range rifle, you'd have it licked. I mean, you would actually at least have a chance against the opposition. Absolutely. It just adds a I lot. I think that's kind of what more people should be about when they play is the, the versatility not geared towards one set objective. You should be versatile in multiple environments. That would be ideal. And it, it might be that there is a group of uh, players in the community that are, you know, basically cancerous. It's just they, they see change and they hate change. And it's, it's kind of frustrating because the the franchise can't grow and change things and make things flow a little bit better because people are so caught up on the past like oh you know that that format was so good why are you changing it you know there there has to be Absolutely, room for yeah. change you know i think you have to grow as a person and realize you can't be stuck on the latest release you have to look forward to the next i think as we grow as just people in life we have to be like that Absolutely. alone expecting so much from a game like that's physically impossible Absolutely, and I, we we've got to let these we got to let these franchises go through these growing pains without you know just beating them down so bad. They're, no, oh, I I don't know. Call of Duty might deserve it because they don't listen to us, but Battlefield they they listen. They know you know I, it's to their their Steam pages to the point where I don't think it's I don't think it could ever turn it around. It has so many ungodly bad reviews, and you know they're not getting those back. I think we as a community need to just understand that 
they are getting pushed. They are cranking out these games faster than they need to. They just need to sit down and develop a game. A long time, probably one of mine and Jordan's favorite games of, of all time for me. I don't know about for him, but Ark Survival Evolved, great game. We love it. The launch just got pushed back, you know, into next year, and it sucks. But if that's the price we have to pay for a game that's going to be at, at the bottom, you know, playable before it launches, you know, that's the price we got to pay. It just it, it just puts a bad taste in your mouth whenever they put out an unfinished game. Absolutely. I, I don't think anyone... Why would you want to spend your money on an unfinished product? It's like buying half an engine, for example. It's just... And expecting it to run. Like, you got no head on one side and no pistons. Why do you expect this engine to run? And it's just going to leave a bad taste in your mouth because you're expecting, you're expecting what you're not getting. You're expecting something too unrealistic. It's not a plausible outcome. It would not surprise me in the slightest that there are people <clears throat> out there that played Battlefield at launch and got so upset with it they refunded it and they'll never look back. And that sucks. Absolutely, that, I can see that. I bet a lot of people did that with Battlefield 4 when it came out, and look how good it turned out. Yeah, and it just sucks because they're missing out on this. And, you know, some people might say, you know what, they, they did fix it. I'm going to rebuy it. I'm going to redownload it. But, I mean, it just, it looks bad. It really does because you have you have this community. You have this standard you got to meet, and you, you didn't meet it. You know, you've got people that are unhappy. You've got people that aren't ready to, to let you go through these growing pains. And I feel like as a franchise, they just need to say, hey, this game isn't ready. We're sorry. If you want a polished game, you're going to have to wait till then. Maybe. Absolutely. You know, and they should be accepting to give people refunds if that's what they want. I don't think. EA, I, I wouldn't doubt if they didn't want to give refunds. Kind of like No Man's Sky. I wouldn't doubt that out of EA just because of how that corporation is ran. Right. Yeah, I. It's hard to say that EA would do that. I, f I feel like the developers of Battlefield would want that. They seem very nice to the community. But it's hard to say as a corporation that EA would do it. And sometimes these, like, step-parents of games can really hurt the community. I feel like the they have a hard time looking. Of course, they're looking at the dollars. They're looking at what they're getting out of it. You know, it's, it's, all, it's all dollar signs to them. And I, I feel like if they could just sit down and realize, hey, if we push this back... Yes, our fans are going to be upset, but they need to see that they could they could meet us in the middle. They could give us an extra beta, you know. Say say the game gets pushed back to February. Give us give us a beta in December, you know. Give give us something to do. Let Absolutely. us let us see what you're doing. Let us give you criticism, and then fix it. You know, it's like it's it's hard to it's hard to understand that they haven't cracked this formula, and I'm sure they're I'm sure they've at least looked into it. But it just coming from the consumer, it doesn't make sense why they don't. Do more betas, do more testings. You know, I'm sure they have a small, small Absolutely. group. They have a small group. I think of... that's something that Call of Duty does do good is they release a beta every year and people play it. Yeah, and uh, I, I believe I, I can't think of an example off the I top of my head. I do think 2042 did it right with their beta. They did have a good beta. I did enjoy playing the beta, and I could tell there were issues, and I was hopeful they would fix them. And it's almost like some new issues popped up between the beta and the full release because I don't remember you yeah, having terrible sure. issues on the beta. I mean, of course there was, but not not so terrible that it yeah, was. Yeah, it seems like or maybe where the game was in beta form and you didn't have to download all the files, there might have been some things that were left out that could have caused frame rate issues or something. I don't know. I, I 
something just comes to mind and it, it's just completely bizarre but it's almost like they made the game unplayable for last gen i feel like they specifically made it and the, again it's just some crazy conspiracy i could, I could see that they made it so Play bad that last gen couldn't play it so that you have to move on to this next gen because they had to make a whole different player pool for the last gen players we we as PC players and you as Xbox Series X and uh, PS5 players, you guys can't play with the Xbox One guys, and I'm sure you know that because there's a different pool. They have smaller lobbies, and I, I don't know about the map sizes, but I can imagine that there's other large changes that were done to compensate for those slower drivers and those you know system requirements. You know what absolutely comes to mind when you talk of this? What? Like I've said on 360. Huh. Yeah, yep. And Call of Duty Ghost on 360 as well. It was designed to be on. It's almost the new like Xbox they didn't try. It's it's almost them. funny to go back and look at those games now because it's almost funny the lack the lack that they put into it. It's almost like yeah, they're the saying, lack of detail. Here, here you go. You know you why and why even by all means the Xbox 360 should have been dead by the time Black Ops 3 came out. Absolutely. And it's like, why why even it waste... It blows my mind that people were still on it. Like, you have to upgrade your hardware at some point. Yeah, bad. I, I, I could see that. I You know, thinking back, I do say it, it kind of sounds bizarre, but it, it kind of doesn't, you know. They're, they're, they're trying to fizzle fizzle out last gen, and that's fine. They've got to. It's got its life cycle. It's lived, it's lived its life cycle. But I feel like for the PC crowd where there isn't a last gen or next gen, you know, we're just PC. I feel like you should have the option to be in those lobbies where you're with the older crowd. That way you can have the same system requirements as them so maybe you can play a match you won't have these optimization issues you can run it on settings that they're running Absolutely. it on so that you can actually play and enjoy the game from what i've heard and seen the game isn't black ops 3 xbox 360 level of uh mishmash I, I you know it from what it sounds like it's just a lot smaller player bases there's a lot less people there's a lot less entities in the map at one time so it runs a lot better. You know, there's less stuff. It, it just makes sense. I could go on all day about the old gen Black Ops 3. That is Absolutely. the most hilarious yeah. release of a game I've ever seen. There, there, There's going to be so much Call of Duty to come. We definitely, definitely have topics on Call of Duty. Uh, we, I personally was a Call of Duty person on my come up. Uh, Jordan was actually the one that introduced me to Battlefield back in Battlefield 4 days. I'd love it so much i'll i'll never and it's kind of funny talking about battlefield and call of duty it's kind of funny because back in the day at least whenever we were in high school you had the battlefield crowd and you had the call of duty crowd there was no in between i mean there was a few people there was no merging of people back then it's kind of wild because it's wild to see that everybody's kind of just playing whatever now there's there's no more uh, there's I was no always more like that but i definitely remember like in a public scenario, I'm sure anyone in high school, there's probably still groups like this to this day. I don't even think I was willing to give... I, I think back before I met you, I don't even think I was willing to give Battlefield a chance. I think that's the main reason I never played it. And one day Jordan walks up to me, he's like, hey man, Call of Duty's awesome and all, but if you ever wanted to be the score streak, I'm like, excuse me? <laughs> he's like, yeah man, there's this game called Battlefield I'll 4. I'll show it's you how awesome. to live. Yeah, and I mean like... That game, Battlefield 4, it's like that. Those games have so much replayability. And, I mean, 
if Call of Duty wasn't 60 something dollars for, you know, an old Call of Duty game, I'd have them on Steam too, but you know, you don't see them going for 4 bucks like Battlefield 4 does occasionally. Battlefield 4 is such a great game. If you do not have it, I would buy it. I would highly recommend picking it up on sale or something. And ask around, you know, the I can't tell you how much more fun the game is with other and with friends. I mean, absolutely. If you have friends, you have to play the games with them. It's so much better. The main reason I deleted battlefield 2042 is because Jordan can't play it. And, you know, he's the main person I play with. And it's like, you, you've got no squad mate to spawn on. You're stuck with random people. And that's an issue of 2042. Of course, you can't leave squads or make your own, but you know, I don't want to spawn by Joe Schmo that's been sniping all game. You know, I want to go find my buddy that's pushing up with me, holding spawn, you know, that's that's the good thing. And, you know, vehicle battle, it's so amazing. You know, it just happened to work out to where Jordan's just, like, the best driver in the game. And, like, I wouldn't call myself the best gunner guy in the game, but I can say that I'm the best repair boy in the game. And I can have very many testimonies to that. And it's just, it's a... It's Tommy a, doesn't let off the repair torch. It's it's a it's a good mesh. And you, you've just got to, you've got to get the game. You've got, and don't don't let it being an old game deter you battlefield 4 servers are just as populated as you would imagine like i wouldn't say that they're they were they are what they were back in the day but you will not have any issue getting in a lobby there's still full lobbies there's rush tdm there's queues and it's like i can't it's all there i can't stress enough we're getting ready to come up on a winter sale on steam i'm sure i guarantee it's gonna be four dollars don't skimp out this game is awesome find yourself a friend you know at some point we we if we get a you know a little following i'd like to do open you know not really open lobbies uh well probably but uh, you know we we could play with some of the fans if we get to that point you know it, it'd be pretty cool you know especially getting a squad I think of people. battlefield one would be a lot better for that uh as far as anyone wanting a better looking game if you want something with good graphics battlefield one graphics are amazing absolutely compared to battlefield four yeah and it, it's to me, Battlefield 1 is the equivalent to Black Ops 3, but not so much. It's one of those games where I can't take Battlefield 1 super, super serious just because of the... It's it's World War One. There's horses running around. It's not that modern shooter game that I'm used to, but it's a game that I could have a lot of fun with. Absolutely. I think it's a game that anyone should try for sure. And the, the good thing about Battlefield is, I don't know about 2042, I'm sure it's implemented, but... The main thing that Call of Duty has that just sucks the blood out of players is skill-based matchmaking, and I can't imagine Battlefield could implement that with 60-some-odd players in a lobby. There's just no way that they would be able to skill-based yeah. matchmake that There's many such people. a broad way of how people play. Like everyone plays different. Some people don't play objectives. Or... Yeah, you're, you're going to run into a guy that's just going to absolutely obliterate you, but just know there's guys that are running around on the map that are the same skill level and probably less than you you know there's 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 such a That's wide what variety I loved about call of duty back in the day is like most people were about the same like it was school-based matchmaking but it wasn't sweat fest it was okay this is a lobby it's full of random people so like you could actually look at people's kds back in the day like i miss that so much Absolutely. I remember yeah, you know, was KD and mine would always be like the highest in the lobby and I'd feel so proud of that. I don't know why it, it wasn't an accomplishment really, but Yeah, like I said, I, that... I feel like it, it it could be more competitive too. Like when League Play came out on Black Ops Two, I absolutely love that. Yes, and that that was the outlet. That that was how you got that 
that competitive itch out. And that was like, that was perfect. You know, you had, if you just, if you're just getting home from work, school, whatever, you're like, hey man, this is my first game on, I'm just chilling. Or if you want to play the whole night just like that, you've got regular matchmaking. But if you're like, hey man, let's get three other, or let's get two other dudes, let's take this super serious, and let's play some league play. And that was so fun, yeah. man. It's like you, because it's, it's so hard to play tactically with randoms. It was so randoms. fun playing Search and Destroy knowing every round counted. Absolutely. And it's like, it doesn't make any sense because with skill-based matchmaking, it, it's basically league play every time, you know, more or less. So you're, ex- you're expected... And there's no casual player base anymore. Right, so you're expected to play tactically with a bunch of people that don't have no mics, have no comms, and you could be playing with a guy who just, uh, you know, had four best games in a row and he's going to clean house and win for the team. Or you can have the dude that's lost six in a row and he's about to lose seven. You know, the guy who's just going to be sitting in back doing nothing or dying repeatedly. Absolutely. That's the biggest problem I have with Call of Duty is skill-based matchmaking. It just killed the casual player base. And I, I remember as a kid, everyone would be on. It didn't matter if the kid was, like... Everyone was on Call of Duty. It didn't matter if they were good or not. It was always fun. I'm sure we'll get into this much, much, much deeper on a Call of Duty. Especially, I feel like we could do a whole topic on skill-based matchmaking. It's it's just plagued. It's plagued I the player base. I could talk for hours on Call of Duty alone. Absolutely. I have so many memories and so many opinions to share on that topic. So, Jordan, I think we should uh, definitely wrap this one up. Uh and do you have any final remarks on on anything before I give out some announcements? I believe LS swaps are not overrated. In conclusion, right. <laughs> and as far as Battlefield and moving forward, I think they are doing a great job listening to the community right now. He just wants just to play think, Battlefield again. Yeah, I just want to play Battlefield. I don't think I think they have sorted a lot of gameplay issues on twenty forty two to the people who can run it. We can't buy car parts and PC parts at the same time. They need to understand It's very that. hard. It's very it's hard, hard being broke and choosing between Guns, computers, and cars. It's very hard to choose. There's like there's there's three things just pulling on your wallet all at once, and you're just standing there waiting to see what happens. Absolutely. I'm like Spider-Man pointing at the other two. <sighs> Where's my money going? With that being said, I want to uh, wrap this up by saying we have a Discord server. Uh, there we have laid out, uh, of course, a general server where you can just talk amongst yourself about the show, whatever, whatever comes to mind. Just talk to your fellow uh, audience members. Uh, we also have a uh, category for topic ideas. If if you want to hear a topic discussed, you know, bring it up to us. You know, post it and post it in that chat. Uh, we'll we'll talk it over. And if it's something that we think we can invest, you know, 30, 30 45 minutes talking about, we will absolutely do your topic. Uh, lastly, there is, uh, one last text channel. It is called Rate My Ride. So essentially it is what it says it is, uh, for the car portion, uh, whenever we get to the point, we would like to take a group of cars and we want to rate everybody's car, of course, but we want to take, uh, just a few cars at a time and, uh, go either live on YouTube or if you guys think you could get into just hearing about this, I can't imagine you'd want to hear about this and not actually see the car. But definitely on YouTube, maybe a live stream or a video, we post your cars. And keep in mind, we will be harshly honest about your build. If we think it's the best build we ever seen, 10 out of 10. But 
We I have. will not even rate my own car highly. You will have to have a high quality build for me to be impressed. Hot takes only. You you have to understand that. And I'm, I'm going to hurt feelings. If my car was on there, I'd be devastated. If if you if you post your car up there and you're like, man, I'm going to be pretty hurt if they don't like it. Please please don't don't post your car. You know, it, it it's all in good. Is advised. It's in all fun. I'm going to respect your build because. You're one of our audience members, but I'm going to give you my opinion on the build itself. And I, I respect that you have the build and that you drive the build, but if if we don't like it, you've just you've just you're you're accepting this by posting will, your car. It, it will be hard to get a high rating for me, but just because you don't get one doesn't mean I hate your build. Uh, if I rated your car five out of ten, I would probably still drive it. I'm not saying I hate it. It's just as far as a car build. You, you have to have very good taste and that is subjective so it's hard to understand how some people just won't like certain builds absolutely and you know of course for as biased as it gets with the LS's but I respect everything I you know our, a very good friend of ours has a coyote we love it you know it's a great car and you know don't don't be a, absolutely don't be afraid to post your car but just understand that we're, we're gonna rate it how we how we see it and we're we're gonna try our best not to be too biased but as far as the quality and the mods go we're we're probably going to give a very brutal rating depending on what you have done and uh again don't please don't let this shy you away but very very big viewer discretion is advised also one more note uh there are uh two voice channels that are unaccessible uh eventually maybe we might get to the point of taking some call-ins from some viewers we'll just see where this goes this is episode one. We're throwing it all out there for you guys. We're showing you what's available. We're showing you what we got. You know, we're we're gonna try to be the opposite of a twenty forty two launch. We're gonna try to hit it good and hit it hard the first time Absolutely. and just take off from there. You know, if you have any comments, I will have hit Reg talking about your car. So be prepared. <laughs> if you have any, uh, if you have any criticism or advice or uh, anything about how we're doing the show, any ideas on what you would change if we're too loud, you know, we don't know until we post post it and. I'm sure Jordan doesn't want to sit here and re-talk about all this stuff that we just talked about. So uh, give us advice. Tell us what you think. Uh, that's the whole purpose of the general server. And like I said, topics and Rate My Ride, they're all there. Uh, we'll probably create both a YouTube channel and some sort of social media, whether that be Facebook or Twitter. You can find the Discord there because I have no idea. if It'll probably be in the Spotify bio if I could figure that one out. But for sure, look up Cars and Health Bars on YouTube. Same icon as what you just clicked on. Uh, come to our Discord. Come chat with us, Jordan. If you don't have anything else, uh, I'm gonna say right. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna say ta ta, and we will talk to you guys in the next one. Thank you for giving us an hour of your time.